From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. If you or a loved one have diabetes, you probably realize the importance of monitoring blood sugar and insulin levels. But do you know how important exercise can be? With me in the HealthLink on Air studio to talk about the benefits of exercise in diabetes is Karen Chemis. She's a doctor of physical therapy, a registered nurse, and a certified diabetes educator at Upstate, and she's also the president of the American Association of Diabetes Educators. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Chemis. Thank you. So let's talk about why diabetes education is part of or should be part of the care for someone who has diabetes. When someone has diabetes, well over 99% of their care is self-care. So a person goes to see a healthcare provider just but for a short period of time throughout the whole year. All the rest of the time, that person is trying to help themselves. So it's important to get guidance on how to best do that to be healthy. So they're learning really how to manage their disease, but really their, their daily life. Absolutely. There's so many things during a day that an individual has to think about to try to be healthy with diabetes. Well, today I'd like to talk a little about exercise and what role that has for someone who has diabetes. Great. That's certainly my area. For years, we've known that exercise or physical activity is a cornerstone of diabetes care, along with healthy eating, monitoring, and taking medications. In fact, I work at the Joslin Diabetes Center, and it's been said that Dr. Elliot Joslin, who practiced endocrinology back in the 1920s, was known to go to the dog pound and get a puppy for his patients because they were more likely to walk the puppy than themselves. So he knew a hundred years ago how important physical activity and exercise was in helping an individual manage their diabetes. And even something as simple as walking a puppy. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you, do we know, like, what does it actually do in the body? Does it, does exercise make the pancreas work better or what does it do? There's, there's two big things that exercise does. The first one that's easiest to understand is we use our food as energy to do our exercise. So it's like putting gas in the car. When we eat food, it's like putting gas in the tank, and then we need to drive the car to use up that energy. So when we eat food, it's important to be physically active to use up those calories. And those calories include glucose, which would raise our blood glucose if we didn't use it. The second thing that we know that exercise does is it helps our body to use insulin better. So insulin is necessary to allow the foods that we eat, glucose, to get into our cells so they can be used as fuel. In one challenge specifically with people with type 2 diabetes is the insulin doesn't work as well. It can't unlock the door of the cell to let the glucose go in. Exercise regularly actually helps the body to unlock those sites on the cells and in fact more sites, receptor sites, are created. So if somebody's cell is struggling to let insulin do its job, they'll get more insulin receptor sites so that the glucose can go into the cell and we can burn it for fuel. So will the person actually feel better when this is happening? 
I don't think they'll notice, but when we exercise, we do tend to feel better if we choose the right exercise. You know, a lot of people will struggle to get started. Oh, I know I should go for a walk, but I'm just not up to it. And then, you know, five or 10 minutes into the walk, people will think, well, what was the big deal? This feels great. So I think there certainly is research to show that exercise can help with depression, anxiety, and dealing with diabetes can cause diabetes distress and exercise can help with that. So if people pick the right exercise, the right amount, the right intensity, they should feel better, more relaxed, and feel like they've accomplished something. Now, exercise can help a person lose weight. What does a person's weight, what impact does it have on diabetes? Like if, if someone weighs a lot and then they start losing weight, will that affect the disease? Yes, it can. So one of the big risk factors for type 2 diabetes is being overweight or obese. And it's especially challenging for our body when this overweightness is held around the midsection. So if we carry our weight in our belly, that gets in the way of our body helping our heart to work well and certainly with diabetes helping our body use insulin well. So if somebody does get physically active, decrease their food intake and they can lose weight, especially around the waist, the body actually can use insulin better and it decreases either the risk of diabetes or it can decrease um, the body's need for medication with diabetes. So it really is incredibly helpful. It's challenging to do, but it can be helpful if we're successful at it. And I think one really important thing is an individual doesn't have to lose 40 or 50 or 100 pounds to do better. Even with a 5 to 10 pound weight loss, our body already starts functioning better. So that's really, really important. It's a lot easier to think about being successful when we think small increments at a time. Sure. Well, this may be a little bit controversial, but can exercise cure diabetes? It is controversial, and I think it's just how we define the cure. So a lot of people um, may think that if I don't take a medication, then my diabetes is cured. Once an individual gets diagnosed, essentially they would carry that diagnosis, but Exercise can help to minimize what the body needs to help as far as using insulin. So an individual might see a decrease in the amount of medication they need, or if they use insulin, they may see a decrease in the amount of insulin. I do think it's really, really important, though, that everybody realizes that bodies are different. So somebody can be really physically active and be doing all the right things and still need medication, be it pills or insulin, to help their body work well. So they just need to appreciate that that's what they need. It's not a bad thing. We want to do whatever we can to help our blood glucoses be in target ranges so that we can be healthy. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking about diabetes education with Doctor of Physical Therapy, Karen Chemis. What advice do you have for someone who's newly diagnosed with diabetes and has never exercised? How do they get started? This is a really great time for an individual to get started. It tends to be a bit of a wake-up call for people. A lot of people maybe know that they had risk factors, but once they get that diagnosis, many people are so motivated. So I think is any exercise program that somebody's starting, start slow, be careful, choose the right thing, 
pay attention to your body. So if somebody's never been physically active, then maybe doing something, as you mentioned at the beginning, as simple as going for a walk, starting with 10 minutes at a time, increasing to 12 minutes, then 14 minutes, or getting on a stationary bike, or going to a gym and starting, but not being overzealous about it. Because people that do too much all at once can tend to get injured, dislike the exercise, and then it's easy to fall off the wagon. So start slow, be careful, listen to your body. I know there are guidelines for the amount of exercise that adults should get on a weekly basis. Do those same guidelines apply to people with diabetes or do they need more or less? The guidelines are exactly the same. So when I work with an individual with diabetes, I'll say, you know, these are the recommendations for everybody. It doesn't mean it's easy, but they're the same across the board for American adults. So the guidelines are to do 150 minutes total of moderately paced exercise per week or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise per week. And then the second piece of the recommendation is to do strength training. So the guidelines for that are to do two to three days per week of strength training, not two days in a row because the body needs recovery. And we should do one to three sets of an exercise and we should do about eight to 10 repetitions to fatigue. So if I'm doing a particular exercise, my muscle is tired by that eighth to 10th repetition. And then we rest for a half a minute or a minute, do a second set and then a third set, and then go on to the next exercise. Well, we've talked about the importance of starting easy and working into it. If you, if, if you have diabetes, does it mean that you're limited in doing, I don't know, marathon training or things that are higher intensity? Not at all. So I have had patients that I've worked with that have done such things. It doesn't mean everybody should aim for that. But um, if somebody has diabetes and they are going to start exercising more vigorous than their everyday activities, they should consult with their healthcare provider to just make sure that that makes sense. And generally what the healthcare provider will most look at is their heart health. So if somebody's heart is strong and they have low risk factors for heart problems, they can do vigorous exercise or activities. If the provider sits with a person and evaluates things and possibly a person has a stress test and it's determined they should do lower intensity, then they'll be prescribed based on that. One really easy way to determine if we're exercising at a moderate, safe level during aerobic exercise is to do the talk test. So if I'm walking or on a stationary bike, if I can carry a conversation without being short of breath, that's moderate paced. My heart's keeping up with it. It's not asking the lungs for more oxygen. I'm not short of breath. But if I'm exercising more vigorously, where I'm short of breath and I have to take in a breath every few words, that's vigorous exercise. In somebody newly diagnosed or with a diagnosis of diabetes and heart risk should exercise below that level. So if someone is taking uh, insulin, um, should they exercise before they take insulin or right afterward, or does it matter? It doesn't matter as much as it used to because our insulins that we can inject are so similar to how the body's own insulin works. So generally people can exercise 
most times we don't have to be as careful about that. Some people find that they naturally get a bit of a rise in blood sugar early in the morning upon awakening. So this may be a nice time to exercise. It's a good time to fit it in and there's rest, less risk of low blood sugar. And then otherwise, an individual would kind of, you know, watch what their body typically does day to day, see if they're at risk of lows. If they're not, then any time is good. If they are, they may need to decrease the insulin that's working at that time because the exercise makes up for it. Or some people will need to take in a bit of a carbohydrate prior to the exercise. If people aren't using insulin or taking the pills that make our body produce more insulin, there's a really low risk of low blood sugars, so that makes it a little bit easier. Well, I wanted to ask you about whether there are any precautions, and if someone with diabetes works out with uh, you know, a loved one, are there things that the loved ones should be on the lookout for to make sure there's no problems happening with the person with diabetes? Yes, yeah, so if somebody does use insulin or those medications that make our body produce more insulin, there are so many different symptoms that could suggest a low blood sugar, but an individual usually has pretty consistent symptoms. So if they just start to act differently, um, a cold sweat, shaking, getting pale, being confused, getting tired acting, then it could be a low blood sugar. And hopefully the person with them knows how to help them get in some fast acting carbohydrate to help that. The other thing is a risk of heart problems. Unfortunately, people with diabetes do carry a bit of an increased risk of heart problems, so we always have to be aware of those symptoms, and they might not be the typical symptoms we think of. Sometimes it's that somebody gets overly sweaty, gets some nausea. Those could be symptoms of a heart problem. So if a person starts to act differently or doesn't feel well, they should absolutely stop exercising and you know, try to determine if it's heart or low blood sugar and certainly call for emergency help if they're not sure. Before we go, I wanna ask you about uh, the diabetes education in terms of if someone is listening to this and they have diabetes, but they've never talked to a diabetes educator, how do they go about finding someone? Do they need a referral from their doctor? A referral is helpful because insurance will cover the service, so most people would want to coordinate that care with their provider and get the referral, and then they should contact a diabetes educator. We have practices in Syracuse that have diabetes educators, and the way to find out in your area is to go to the American Association of Diabetes Educators website, which is all one word, diabeteseducator.org. And then put in, you know, there's a search for finding a diabetes educator in your area, and that would be an accredited program, so you would know that you're getting good quality care from that individual. Well, thank you so much to Karen Chemis, a doctor of physical therapy and a certified diabetes educator at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.